0: Amen. Let's make our declaration of faith. If you have your Bible or your electronic device lifted above your head, somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter, a doer, and not just a hearer. And my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. The book of Habakkuk. Chapter number 1, verses number 5, the Bible declares, look, the Lord declares, at the nations and watch, and be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if it were told. Six declares, I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless, impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. They are... A feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Eight declares, their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dust. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. How many of y'all glad you ain't got enemies like this? <laughs> If you had haters like this. Some of y'all, I got haters. Not like this. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. Ten declares, they mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities by building earth and ramps. They capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on guilty people whose own strength is their God. Father, I wanna thank you once again for this opportunity to minister the word of God to the people of God. I pray that the words of my mouth and the very meditations of my heart, God, that they would be acceptable in your sight on today. This very moment I hide myself behind the cross that men, women may not see, give honor, glory to Greg. All glory, all honor goes to you. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen. So as you all may know, we are in the middle of a series entitled, so everybody shout healthy habits. Amen. Healthy habits. a series we started on last week, and I'm playing off of that first word healthy because it's dealing with the body. And some of the things that God, I'm just sharing with you guys, some of the things that God has challenged me with and I believe it's time for me to transpose that challenge on to you all on today and for the next couple of weeks. Now, if not, was anybody like cut last week? Who, who left out of here bleeding? Okay, all right. Um, so if, if, you, if you were convicted, if you were like moved, if you were challenged in any way, you probably left thinking about some type of plan that you need to implement to do better by your body. Is that anybody? Okay. So I want to help you today with with your plan. I I thought about this, meditated on it, counseled with a couple of people about it. And if you're taking notes, I want you to jot these five things down. If I was going to get serious about my health, there are five things for sure that I would need to do. Here's the first one. I would need to partner with caring professionals. I would need a partnership. So my, my, my relationship with my doctor, it's a partnership, um, giving me understanding of what my vitals are, what, what levels are, where they need to be, so forth and so on. And not just my medical doctors, but there are other professionals. My nutritionist doesn't have a PhD, um, but he's very skilled in what people need, or the majority of people need, for things to go right in their bodies. So I have a partnership with caring professionals. Number two, um, balancing the number and quality of daily calories. Balancing the number and quality of daily calories. Real simple rule of thumb, if I take in more calories than I burn, I'm gonna gain weight. If I burn more calories than I take in, consistently, I'll lose weight outside of other medical conditions. So not just quantity of calories, but also quality, because I could be taking in the right number of calories, but the distribution of macronutrition as far as does it have enough protein. Um, Does it have too many carbs? Does it have too many sugars in it? So forth and so on. So if I'm going to be serious about my nutrition, serious about my health, then I need to come up with some type of system where I'm balancing the number and the quality of calories. Here's number three. Strengthening underdeveloped muscles. Strengthening underdeveloped muscles. Y'all hang in there. I'm just going to keep going, praise the Lord. Muscles are attached to bones, internal organs, and blood vessels, and are responsible for their movement. Nearly all movement in the body is a result of muscle contraction. Here's the deal about underdeveloped. There's, there's a motion that I make <clears throat> at, least, at least once a month when I'm feeling good, and when I'm feeling real good. I, I come here, and I, and I do this number right here. And if I'm, yeah, if, if I'm feeling like real good, I come back up on that same leg. Not today. <laughs> that That's a, a muscle that I, I don't use very often. And I can tell the difference when uh, my squatting and my leg days hadn't been what they should be because that move is a little bit more difficult. Here's the deal. How many of you guys grew up like climbing trees and, wrestling and doing a lot of different sports and all that kind of stuff. So by default, there were muscles in your body that you were activating and that you were training and develop just by being very, very active. But then you get grown and you sit at a desk <laughs> <laughs> and you have meetings where you sit down. And and so, so there are a lot of muscles, watch this, that are underdeveloped and you don't know they're underdeveloped until you go to a pull on something, or push on something, or step up on it, you be like, oh, hold on now, hold on. Here's number four, cardiovascular endurance. So at the end of the day, doesn't matter how good this muscle look, if this muscle fails. So what are you doing to focus on the most important muscle in your body? that being your heart. Number five, physical rest and recovery, because if you're actually doing what you're supposed to do with your body, and I'm not just talking about the training element of it, I'm not even talking about the working out, but I'm talking about getting up every morning, making life happen, you're gonna need some type of rest routine, not only just good sleep at night, but periodic rest where you take a couple of days and you give your body some time to recover. Right? Now, here's the question that I have for you guys. How many of you all have ever created some type of health plan like this before? Only for a couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months for you to become disappointed and quit? How many? I see, I'm in the right house. So I wanna, I wanna help you because, again, if, if you listen to last week's message, and you, you felt this conviction, and not just conviction, you should have felt some motivation. You, you should have, I pray that you did. <laughs> to leave up out of here and um, say, I'm gonna do something different, I'm gonna do something better about my health because I refuse to die before my time. Here is the deal. There's a possibility that you might be getting ready to set yourself up again for failure like you did the last time you got convicted from a word like this and you did it good for a couple of weeks, maybe even a few months, and then you retreated back to your old habits that led to unhealthy things that you were putting in your body or doing to your body. I want to help you on today. Can, can, can I help today? In our foundational text, the book of Habakkuk, chapter number 1, um, the prophet is having a meltdown. Um, he has a charge against God because of all the iniquity that's going on amongst the people of God. So Habakkuk complains in chapter number 1, verses number 2, and he says, How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen or cry out to you. Violence, but you do not save. Why? Look at it. He's talking to God. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoings? I want to know what's going on with you, God. You see the people living these contrary lifestyles against the law, the word of God. What are you going to do about it? God responds. And we begin this in our foundational text, verse number five. And he says, look at the nations and watch. And be utterly amazed, for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if it were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless, impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. God says, this is what I'm going to do. God says, I'm going to raise up the people's enemies and use them as a tool to discipline them, to drive them back into my presence. When Habakkuk hears this, Habakkuk is confused because he's like, how are you going to use these folk? Come on, somebody. That's evil to teach us anything. So Habakkuk responds and he says, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate this treacherous Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? Habakkuk the prophet is, he's dissatisfied with the answer that God gives him. So this is what God tells the prophet. Verse number two of chapter number two, he says, This is what I want you to do, my man. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Here's a commentary thought, Habakkuk's revelation wasn't just for himself, but also to edify others. Those who read it would, make it would make rapid progress, may run, but they could not make this progress if Habakkuk did not make it plain. Let, let me say it like this, so, so in essence, God is saying, this is my goal, I know what I want to accomplish. I'm going to use these wicked people as a tool to, to, to come and disturb my people to drive them back into my presence. This is my goal, and this is what I need you to do. Write the goal down because people have to make plans based on the goal. And if the goal is not clear, then the plans will be faulty. I hope you all see where I'm going. Many of us, our plans have failed concern of our health because our goals have been Faulty. What do you mean faulty health, faulty health goals? I'll, I'll give you some. If you're taking those, jot this down. Plans are only as good as the clarity and soundness of the goals. He said write the vision, write the goal down. Because those who are reading it, they got to run with it. They got to make plans based on what the goal is. And if the goal is not clear, then their plans are going to fall. So what have been some of our health goals? goals. Um, here's number one, many of us have had event-centered goals. My 30th year class reunion, right around the corner, and y'all know I got to be fly coming up in there because I'm, how many of y'all got the messy classmates like me, like if you come in there raggedy, they will talk, you will be the talk of the class reunion. So Facebook going to light you up. So I got, I got this event coming, so I got to get right for this event. Now watch this. If the goal for good health is of an event, then how can I build lifetime, life-sustainable plans on top, on top of a goal that's only focused on a particular day and time? So when the date and the time is over, guess what's going to fall? My plans. Some of us have feeling-centered health goals. Simply means I feel a little stuffed. So I need to do something. I don't even feel right. Well, here's the problem. Your mind is so amazing. Your mind, watch this. Let me just say it. It sounds dumb, but it's smart. Your mind is smarter than you your mind to be like, hey, y'all, I just want to let y'all know, it don't look like he going to get it together. So let's not feel uncomfortable anymore. Let's let this be our new comfort. <laughs> so if your goals was based on your feelings, your feelings can. And if your feelings change and your goals was based on your feelings, when their feelings change, guess what's going to fall through? Your plans that you put together Some of us have aesthetic-centered-only goals, meaning that the only thing that really matters is how I look on the outside. What's the problem with aesthetic-centered goals? The problem is, if you're not careful, you'll wind up hurting yourself internally trying to make yourself look good externally. And so you'll use stuff, you'll you'll be googling what's the latest (laughs) miracle drug or miracle whatever You got to be careful, and then there's some of us, and this is, you know, it's it's debatable, uh, nutrition only centered goals, nutrition only, where individuals only focus on what they eat. Now, that's not a bad plan because 80% of weight management is nutrition, but if the only thing that you focus on, what about those underdeveloped muscles? What about your cardiovascular health? I believe that many of our health plans have failed because of our unstable health goals. Am I making sense? Yeah. So this is what I want to do. So if if I'm gonna have better plans for my health, I gotta have better goals. Let me say, if if I want God plans for my health, how many want God plans, right? Because if you're like me, a lot of my plans have not <laughs> have not worked. So if I want God plans, how about I? hear God's heart so I can get some God goals concerning my health. So let's look at a couple of scriptures that speak to the heart of God when it comes to health. 3 John 2, the Bible declares, dear friends, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. This is the heart of God. God says, I want your, watch this, I want your spirit, man, to be strong. When adversity comes, I want you to be able to stand strong in your spirit When haters come, I want you to be able to keep your cool, be strong in your spirit. If the devil manifests himself, I want you to be strong to be able to deal even with the demonic. But I also want, watch this, your body to be just as healthy as your spirit man is. Somebody shout, that's good right there. 1 Timothy 4 and 8, the Bible declares, for physical training is of some value. This is the heart of God. God says, watch this, making your body push stuff is valuable. Making your body pull stuff, physical training, it is valuable. Making your heart rate speed up. God says it is, this is the heart of God that making this body, putting it through programs that stretch it, that pull it, that push it is, uh, somebody shout, it's valuable. First Corinthians 9, 27, the Bible declares, the, the apostle Paul says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. How can I tell you to put down your, tr- your drugs if I can't put down my cheesecake? I mean, real talk. Come on, y'all. So the Apostle Paul says, just like that calls your name, it's some stuff that calls my name as well. And this is what I have to do as a man of God. I got to discipline my body. Make it do what it's supposed to do. Don't let it just do whatever it feel like doing. Don't let it just do whatever it, however it wants to express itself. No, tra- look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, train your body like an athlete. First Corinthians six nineteen declares, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? It's your body. Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Verse 20, powerful. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your... Honor God by taking care of the gift that he gave you. Your body is a gift from the Lord. And when you treat this body right when you exercise it, when you stretch it, when you, when you ensure that you put the proper stuff on the inside of it so that it can run its best, when you make sure that you rest your body so when you wake up in the morning you can be at 100, when you do these things, you're honoring God with your body. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. So this is, this is what I did, Pop. Um, if my plans... Y'all still with me? So if my plans are only as good as my goals, then I need to make sure that I have some good goals that support good plans. So I came up with my own goals. My, these, are, these are Greg's personal goals. This, this is, I, I prayed about it, I looked at some scriptures, thought about it, and these are five goals that I came up with for myself, and I want to share them with you. Here's number one. I want God to use my health as a model of what is possible with faith and discipline. That's my first goal, that's mine. I want God to use my health. God, if you you're looking for somebody as an example, that can be an encouragement to somebody else to say, this is where I was, this is what God did for me, and this is where I am as a result. I want to be that person when it comes to health. Number two. I want my spirit to carry out its assignment in my body that is, watch this, internally disease-free, externally strong, and pain-free. I want my spirit to carry out its assignment in a body that is internally disease-free, externally strong, and pain-free. Now watch this. Goal two is connected to goal number one, because to completely fulfill goal two is going to take both faith and discipline. Because there are some things that I'll be able to overcome just by building discipline to say yes to certain things and no to other things. And then there are only some things that I'm going to be able to achieve in this body by having faith and dependency on God. Can somebody say amen to that? Here's goal number three for me, my personal goal. I want to strive to stay physically appealing to my wife. <laughs> I don't want my wife looking at no other man. I don't want my wife looking at me, with me, to my son, sure wish that was my husband. <laughs> and watch this, I ain't gonna take it for granted just because we married, I can just do what. Come on over here, girl. <laughs> come on over here, we married, now. Nah, come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, want, I want to walk past that, I want her to be thinking, I sure got me as a fine husband, Number four, I want the physical endurance to enjoy the energy of my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Yeah. Because I'm telling you right now, all my grandchildren are going to be bad. Let me tell you why. Because I'm going to make them bad. Why are you going to do that? Because it's going to be payback for your bad parents. It's going to be payback. Look at my man running. <laughs> My mama said, I can't have that. Well, you with pop pop. That's going to be, that's what I'm calling myself, pop pop. You with pop pop. You can have whatever you want. Matter of fact, here go all the sugar. Your parents coming in 30 minutes. Here, all the sugar you need or want. (laughs) Eat it all right now. 20 minutes before you go home. (laughs) Pop pop. I like it. I want to, I wanna, in my 60s, in my 70s, in my 80s, I still, I think I still, it's, it's been a minute since I raised Greg Jr. I think I can still beat you in running. He said no. That may be my Father's Day gift today, beating you in running. Let's go live today, baby, do that. We'll make that happen. It's gonna, it'll be on my page. Not if I lose, if I lose, <laughs> If you you look on my page at 9 tonight and you don't see nothing it mean, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Here's number five. I want to defeat the generational illnesses that have plagued my family line. Now, now watch this. These are my health goals. Here's your homework assignment. I want you to create your own five. Just stick to five. Stick to five. Stick to five. Stick to five. I want your homework assignment, jot it down. If you take taking notes, jot that down because I want you to remember um, because I'm going to ask you next week. Now watch some of y'all don't come. <laughs> and it's all right if you don't come. I'm going to wait you out. Watch this. Between now and Easter, 2023, you're going to be here. <laughs> so if it's Easter, I'm going to say, Happy Easter. Let me see them goals. <laughs> no, no, real talk, real talk. I want you to, I really want you to pray about it. I don't want you to, please, just, you, you can use mine as a, you know, a foundation if you want some of them, that's, that's okay. But these need to be your goals that you and God came up with. Because watch this, write, God says to Habakkuk, write the vision, and I want you to make it plain. Why? Because plans are going to be made based on the clarity of the vision. And if the vision is not clear or if the vision is not of me, the goal is not of me, the plans that you're going to make based on it are going to fall to the ground again. So I got to go home before I put together a plan. Girl, I'm going to do this three times a week now. I'm going to do this five. I'm going to start doing this. I ain't need this no more. I'm going to start. No, 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 Before we do any of that, let's go home and let's sit down with God and brainstorm and say, God, what? everybody shout, God. God. What are the health goals? that you have for me. I want you to start right there. And if you ask God a serious question, God will give you a serious answer every single time. He's going to start talking to you about generational things. He's going to start talking to you about your future so that your goals aren't just based on some event that you may or may not hit. And when you hit it, you go back to old patterns. No, there are, watch the everybody shout lifestyle changes. There are lifestyle changes that God is trying to employ in all of our lives, but if it's gonna be sustainable for a lifetime, it's gotta match goals that are given for a lifetime. What you see, the vision, the goals, should last until I leave this earth. Until I leave this earth, I wanna defeat every generational illness that plagues my family line. Till I leave this earth, I wanna endure, I want to uh, uh, the physical endurance and the energy to keep up with my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Until I leave this earth, I want to continue to be physically appealing to my wife. And I believe I can, if Sarah was 70 something, and Abram had to say, look here, girl, just tell them you my sister. You 70, but you still fine, and they gonna kill me because of you. Until. Until I get out of here, I want God to use my life as an example of what's possible with faith and discipline. Until I get out of here, I want my spirit to carry out its assignment through a body that's internally disease-free, externally strong, and pain-free. For me, those are sound goals. On these goals, I want to build these plans. Can we go a little bit deeper? Now, this is what I want to show you and I'm almost done. God is so good. To to, to many of us, um, I I use this little silly example um, about God being a book on your bookshelf juxtaposed to him being the bookshelf. Okay, So if God is a book on your bookshelf, that means that God is a subject amongst subjects. So, watch this, when I'm feeling a little down and need a little spiritual lift, I pick up the good book. And I, I go to God and I talk to him and I feel better. And once I'm better, I close the book, put him back on the shelf, and I pick up my diet and exercise book because now I'm focusing on that. And then I'll put that down, then I'll put, pick up my educational books and I'll do that. And then, so it's like God is just the go-to for my spiritual, when the reality is God says, I wanna be the entire bookshelf, that arrange all subjects in your life. And there are too many of us innocently, I wanna say it, innocently have developed plans not just concerning our health in other areas of life. Some of you are educationally. Some of you concerning your career. That you, it looks good to go down this particular pattern but that may or may not be the route that God wants to take me. So I excluded God because it just looks like this is what what I should do. When God says, I want to be at the center, the core, of every decision of your life, I want to be the foundation and the director of every decision. Can somebody say amen to that? So, so when it comes to my health goals, again, I want you to sit down, partner with God to come up with five goals. And if you'll do that, let me show you something that's powerful that has the potential of happening to you. There's a principle that I wanna close with called the principle of agreement. The principle of agreement says, when one aligns their will with the revealed will of God, strength, wisdom, and support manifest to propel one towards the known goal. Read that one more time. The principle of agreement. What's up with you and these principles? I say all the time that God is not a respecter of person, but he is a respecter of principle. So, so God doesn't bless him because he's black or he's white or, or because he grew up on this side of the track. No, no, no. If you work the principle, you'll get the result. L- let me give you an example. So Peter sees Jesus walking on the water, and, 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 Jesus, and Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. Jesus says, come. Peter steps out of the boat and walks on water. What's the principle? Is the principle is, I can walk on water because Peter walked on water? No. The principle is, whatever God tells me I can do, it doesn't matter how impossible it is, I can do it. Because he's not a respecter of person, he's a respecter of principle. The reason Peter walked on water is because Jesus said, so whatever he tells me to do. So what I do is I look through the scripture, Pop, and I'm looking for principles, general principle, because if, it, if the principle worked for Peter, then it'll work for me. I want to show you a principle that I saw in the text years ago, uh, shared that have changed my life, man, for the rest of my life. The principle of agreement. When one aligns their will with the revealed will of God, strength, wisdom, and support manifest to propel one toward the known goal. Let me show you several examples. In the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 3, verses 5, God speaks to Solomon and he he says, in essence, ask me a question. And so Solomon says, verse number 9 of 1 Kings 3 So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? For years I've looked at this particular text and I highlighted the wrong thing. I highlighted the what of what he asked for instead of the why behind what he asked for. He asked for wisdom. He asked for a discerning heart. So people are like, be like Solomon and ask God for wisdom so you can be wise like the king. That's not the essence of this particular text. Solomon says, give me wisdom so I can do better what you call me to do. In essence, give me the thing that's necessary for me That you made me king and I want to be king, but equip me with what I need. In essence, he's, agree, he's taking his will and he's bringing it into agreement with what God has for him. And look at God's response. Verse number 10. The Lord was pleased. Why was the Lord pleased? Because he asked for wisdom. No, the Lord was pleased because he took his will and he aligned it with what God had desired for him. 11, so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you nor nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice. I will do what you have asked. Asked, I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never, be, never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth, honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal amongst kings. Luke chapter number 22, verse number 42. This is the third time that Jesus prays this prayer. He says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. He goes to the Father and he says, this is what I want. But at the end of the day, if it's not what you want for me, let it be known I am taking my will and I'm aligning it with what you want for me. And verse number 43 declares, after he finished his third prayer, an angel from heaven appeared to him and did what, y'all? Strengthen him. Let's go one more. In the book of Jonah, chapter number three, verse number three, Jonah finally comes to himself. God sends him to the city of, uh, of Nineveh. Jonah says, I'm not doing it. I'm going in the opposite direction. God sends a storm, troubles the boat, troubles the water. He gets swallowed up by a fish. He's finally repented. He comes to himself. Chapter number three, verse number three, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. But because of his willingness to align his thoughts, his will with God's will, the three-day journey, verse 4 declares, Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city. What took three days was supposed to take three days, only took one day. The principle of agreement, when one aligns their will with the revealed will of God, strength, wisdom, support, manifest to propel one toward the known goal. If you will spend time in the face of God and ask God for real, what are your goals for my body? What are your goals for my health? Not just for the temporary but for the long term and then once God reveals to you what his goals are and you take your will and you align your will with what he wants for your body the principle principle of agreement kicks into operation and God will send strength because how many know to stick to a plan it takes strength not just discipline, it takes strength to remain disciplined. Not only will God send strength, God will send you the wisdom because there's some of you 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 got the right heart in what you want to do but you you don't have all the tools, you don't have all the wisdom, the understanding of what you need to do. God says I'll send you the wisdom to more effectively do what it is and not only will I send the wisdom, I'll send you the support. I'll send the people around you some of those people are going to have the knowledge, and then the other people, they won't have the knowledge, but they'll just have the encouragement to strengthen you on days when you want to just, just say, forget it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want to eat. I'm, going, I'm just going to be lazy today. And I'm not going to do nothing. God is going to send people to show up and say, oh, no, 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 no. We got to get these 20 minutes. We're going to get this 20-minute walk in today. It's the principle of agreement. But well, it starts with you. Understanding what I write the vision write the vision. We're going to make plans to run with the vision, but before we make plans on how we're going to run, first write the vision. I'll be honest, I was going into this message and I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know, (laughs) I could be a great motivational speaker, that's what I could, but we're talking to saints. I'm talking to Christians. This was was probably one of the most secular messages (laughs) that I've ministered in a while, so I'm kind of apprehensive about bringing it to the people of God, but it's in my heart And then it hit me, it hit me. Over 15 years, over 15 years of pastoring in this city, I've buried more people than I'd like, than I really believe died before they were supposed to. I'm just being honest with you. I've buried more people than I'd like to, that left this earth too soon. What do you mean, left this earth too soon? They were doing damaging things to their bodies. Damaging things to their bodies. And although they love God, although I love them, they still left here. They left here. And I don't know when my time is. You don't know when your time is. But until that time does manifest, I believe it's just wisdom that we take care of these bodies the best way we can, so we can have the energy that we need, the strength that we need, the vitality that we need. Even with this last sickness that that I was going through, One of the doctors, a doctor friend of mine, she said, more than likely because you were in better shape, this didn't take a toll on you like it could have in the past because of the shape that I'm in. I'm begging you as your pastor, let's start doing right now. Let's start doing right now. Start doing right now. Let's honor God with these bodies. Oh, you really want to make the devil mad? Inform him here you're going to be here longer than he expected to continue to wreak havoc in his kingdom. You really want to turn this, you really want to get the devil upset? Let him know I'm going to take care of this body and be around here a little bit longer to keep interceding for my babies and my grandchildren and for my church and for my pastor and for my community. You really want to make it mad? How about you take care of this body? You really want to make God proud, happy fathers, Day, happy spiritual father? You really want to make your daddy happy? How about you take care of the things that he gave you? He gave you this body. He gave you this body. Watch it. Might not be the body that you want, <laughs> but it's yours. It's yours your body. It might not be the type, might not be the height, might not be the shape, might not be the muscular distribution. Whatever it is, it might not be. At the end of the day, it's still yours. Anybody ever drove, like, I'm talking about a real raggedy car, but it was your car? I had a 19... When I was in high school, I had a 1978 Buick LeSabre this idea. 100% metal. Wasn't nothing plastic on my car. I was driving too fast. I was like 15, 16 years old. I was driving, getting some gas, and, and the the, driver, the, the uh, pump we used to have, we used to have these big old cement blocks to block the, the, the tank. I hit one of them things. Bam! Got out and felt sorry for it. My car was like, we good. <laughs> 1978, with a bad transmission, with a head gasket or two blown. <laughs> the driver's door went open. But you know what, it was my car. And watch this, I went not shame. I go pick up my girlfriend, people thought I was being chivalrous. I open up the door on the passenger side, and I be like, hold on, let me get in first. All right, come on and shut the door now. You're the air Shut the door. It wasn't the car I wanted, but guess what? It was my car. Some of you all, when you look in the mirror, you look in the mirror and you say to yourself, This is not the body type I want. You know what? It's your body, though. It's your body. It's your body. I just hear this in my spirit. Be proud of your body. I just, I just hear that. I just wanted. To, maybe, maybe somebody else needed to hear that. Be proud of your body type. And I rebuke now in Jesus' name. I, re, Satan, I curse you now in Jesus' name. Too many. I ain't even talking about the world. Too many saints are judging themselves against photos that are enhanced, made up, photoshopped, corrected, don't even look like that in real life, and you got low self-esteem putting yourself in a dumpster because of something that ain't even real, the devil is absolutely a liar, look at your neighbor, say neighbor be proud of your body, be proud of your body Be proud of your body. So When you're proud of your body, what do you do? You accept this is, this is how I am right now. This is my shape. This is my type. So forth and so on. But you know what? I'm going to do the best I can. My body. Do the best. <laughs> it's fun. My, my son, he got on shorts today, so I'm gonna, they're going to be looking at you. So my son has the calf muscles I would love to have. He got calves like I would love. My son calves like this, mine like this. But you know what? They my calves. And you know what? Every other day I work them. Watch this, knowing they can never be that, but they can be better than what they are. So I'm not gonna feel bad because I ain't gonna never be that. Everybody just say that, I'm never gonna be that. See, I'm freeing somebody, I'm freeing somebody. I'm freeing somebody because somebody's depressed, trying to be something that your body ain't even designed to be. When you could be, oh my God, there's somebody looking at you right now, telling my, ooh, she sure lives fine. And you're like, I'm just, I am just I just don't feel, I don't feel fine. And somebody else looking at you like, girl, you got to go on it. <laughs> a buddy of mine came, confessed to me the other way, he wasn't a confessor, we were just talking. And he, he was, you know, pursuing a young lady or whatever and he and he was telling me the type of woman that he likes. And he was I'm like, for real? Because I I like macadamia nuts. <laughs> My wife left the house the other day. I said, where well, you going looking like a piece of white chocolate? You better go you better go cover up, put something else on, girl. That's too much. You need some more wrapper on that white chocolate. <laughs> I should, What he said he liked, not necessarily the type of what I like, but guess what, it's what he liked. Now wouldn't it be crazy for his friend girl to be looking at what I like, saying I wish I was more like when you got somebody who like you for"? Let me just talk to the singers for a minute. It's somebody who's gonna love you for you. They're gonna love you for you. And be careful of a joker that's getting with you that's trying to change you. That's okay. It's okay for me to want to develop and want to grow, but if I'm with somebody who's trying to morph me into the identity of some past deal, you might need to go back with them. Because this is who I am. I'm not going to settle. I'm not quitting. I'm going to be the best me that I can be, but I'm never going to be. My son walked up to me one day. Walked up, You know, he got a little height on him. He's 6'1". 6, he think he's 6'3", but he's 6'1". That joker, that joker, watch this. He, he going to walk up to me and just look down on me like this. And I said, what? I said, my man. Now, I could have body slammed it, but I chose not to. I said, my man, fine house, 5'11". Fine car, 5'11". Fine wife, 5'11". Five kids, 5'11". Church folk that love me, 5'11". Six one, your goal, player. 6'1", your goal, 5'11". So whatever your height is, you beat your hand on your chest and whatever, four, five, six, whatever it is, because watch this, I don't care what happened. I ain't going to never be six feet. I might be (laughs) 5'9". But I'm okay with 5'11". I'm satisfied with being who I am. I'm satisfied with the gift that God gave me. And this is how I'm going to prove that I'm satisfied with the gift. I'm going to maximize it and give it the best that I can so it can last as long as God intends for it. Can y'all receive this word? Come on and put those hands together. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God. God, I love you today. This is the day that you have made. And God, we choose to rejoice and to be glad in it, God. As we are in the middle of this series on healthy habits, healthy healthy habits, God, where you're challenging us concerning decisions that we're making for our bodies. I pray, God, that this word today wasn't just an entertaining word or just an educational word, but, God, that it had the spiritual Impact and fortitude that was necessary to cause us to look up and to pose the question, God, what are the goals that I need to set for my body? What are sound, clear goals, God, that you have for me that I can set so that I can make plans and build a lifestyle that are congruent with the goals that you have in store for me. I pray that upon every hearer of this message on today. So Father, I'm asking you to forgive us, God, not just for faulty plans, but I'm asking you to forgive us all, God, for having faulty goals concerning our bodies, these temporary, aesthetic-only, event-centered goals. God, we commit ourselves to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna give an opportunity, because maybe there's somebody in this place Maybe you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins or maybe you do know him and you love him, but you're just in a backslidden position. And although we're talking about the physical body, it's going to take faith. It's going to take trust in Jesus Christ to be able to consistently discipline and bring this body under subjection. You cannot do it by yourself. The number one plan, the number one plan when we opened this message was to partner with a caring professional. That's not just men and women on the earth, but that's with a loving and a caring God who really loves you, literally loves you more than anybody in this entire world. I want to give you an opportunity to partner with God. The Bible declares, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Bible declares, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. God says, don't take this, don't take this journey on your own. There's some of you all, thank you, God. I love you, Holy Ghost of God. There's some of you guys that deals with um, some addictive patterns in your life that, that, that are the antithesis of good health and good health habits. But you've been doing them so long. Thank you, Jesus. And what's been happening is slow erosion. It's slow erosion. The, the, the thing is, it, it doesn't like take you out. It's not like a, it's not like a, um, a an overdose. where are just too much, and I'm just gone. But over time, it has these negative effects on your body. God says, don't, don't tackle that by yourself. Don't be ashamed, Adam. Adam. Where are you? I'm calling you because I want you. Don't run from me. Don't run from me. Don't try to do this by yourself. My son, my daughter, I want to walk with you. I want to walk, walk with you out of this addictive pattern. God gives you the grace, sir. God gives you the grace now, ma'am. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you. I, I curse you, Satan, now in Jesus' name. I just, I just saw this. I just saw this. I saw a young lady where... There's a, there's a male-type figure, an adult male-type figure. I don't know if this is the dad or father, but he literally crushed your self-esteem at an early age and criticized your body. He criticized you, told you what men won't like about you, and that thing has haunted you for some time now. But, but today, the devil that torments you will torment you no more. Today. Today is broken off of you. Today is broken off of you. And God says, I have always loved you, and I have sent people to love you. You don't have to conform to the image of them to receive love. God says, I have always loved you, my daughter, and I have sent people into your life to love you the way I loved you. Receive, receive the love of God today. Receive the love of God today. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I failed you in many ways. I failed you with my attitude. I failed you with my words. I failed you with my actions. I've even failed you with how I've treated my body. Say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me for how I've treated my body and I've treated you as the giver of my body. Say, today, I'm confessing you as the Lord of my life. Say, Jesus, be the Lord of my health and be the Lord of my life. (laughs) I like that. Say it again. Say, Jesus, be the Lord of my health and be the Lord of my life. One more time. Say, Jesus... Be the Lord of my health and the Lord of my life. Run me in Jesus' name. Father, you hear our hearts cry and confessions today. What we need to do to bring these bodies under subjection so that you're glorified with these temples, we cannot do it within our own strength. We will need the power of the Holy Ghost living and breathing through us. Mmm. Mmm. Thank you, God. We need the power of the Holy Ghost living and breathing in us so that these bodies can be exactly what you want them to be. We give your name the praise, the honor, and all of the glory. And it is in Jesus' most holy name we pray. Come on and put those hands together all over this building. Somebody shout, I love you, Jesus. Somebody shout, I love you, Lord. Amen.